This is the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig, and I'm here at the home office of Influencers Global Ministries in Bentonville, Arkansas, in our uh, plush studios here around our uh, conference table. If you could only see our studio, you know why I'm saying it that way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we have a cardboard box holding up our microphone, and uh, I got a cell phone using our timer. And uh, yeah. We have redefined Spartan. <laughs> yeah, we are really sophisticated here, but uh, but but we believe what we share is uh, is important stuff, and so we, we love this format to, uh, to share things with you all out there, and I think there's actually a few people listening, so that's good. Um, you might remember uh, that we. Uh, I'm here with Rocky Fleming, by the way, and you guys might know that guy. But uh, <laughs> we uh, we kind of did a tongue-in-cheek thing called Journey 2.0 about six or eight months ago, and made everybody think, "Hey, we have a new. There's a new journey." You Actually, know, we confused them. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we did confuse people, and uh, we kind of thought we would uh, get people's attention, and it did. Um, and it was kind of like here, here we have what's next after the journey. Here's what you do to the graduate course. But little did we know, <laughs> little we know there really were some changes coming uh-huh. to the journey that we we didn't know. And we're not going to call it Journey 2.0. That really confused people. But it, we are calling it uh, Revision 2019 of the journey, or I've kind of lovingly called it J19. But uh, <laughs> uh, we're not going to get too cute uh, because it's still the journey. Uh, it's the journey which was downloaded to Iraqi. 2001. <laughs> 2001 officially, but yeah. as you've said, it's, it was being downloaded to you for years yeah. beforehand. Right. And you were able to finally put all your heart and thoughts into a process on paper, into notes that became a curriculum. Mm-hmm. Uh, you tested it. As you're always telling me, you got to test things out because experience trumps theory. You tested it with a group of men, and it proved to be what you thought it was. It helped you, and it helped these men, and, and that's been reproduced now hundreds of thousands of times over right. now all right. over the country. So so today we really wanted to talk uh, about the journey and talk about things that were changed. Uh, and we have this brand new release coming out uh, August 1st, new manual, a new leader's guide, some new books that you've written, which people heard a little bit about. Mm-hmm. So kind of want to put all this together so people will know. And, and we know that we're assuming, I guess, most of you listening have been through the journey. Uh, if you're on this email list and found out about this podcast, probably you're part of our, our ministry already. You might be a new listener, and that's okay, too. Uh, if so, you, you get to hear about the new changes, but it'll be the first time you've gone through it, and and uh, so you don't need to worry about the changes. Just enjoy the journey. Uh, but for all you tried-and-true people out there who've guided many times or maybe you went through it once and you're thinking about guiding again, we just want you to know what, what's going on. So uh, where do you think we should start, Rocky, talking about this? Well, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, uh, if you have somebody who's seasoned and experienced with the journey, Journey, they'll realize uh, when I say DNA that we have always tried to protect DNA, what that means. Now, it doesn't mean the form. It means the function of the, of the journey. It's about getting someone into close proximity with Jesus Christ. It's a process. Uh, and through the years, there have been uh, attempts to try to, to modify it or change it according to uh, preference whether it's to shorten it or whether it's to modify the, the methodology of it. And 
And some of those things have been innocent, and some of those things have been driven toward programming. Uh, but we've seen in every situation that it has not reproduced. It has not produced as it had when it was inspired and as it stayed according to the way it was inspired. And so we've come to understand DNA is very important. We have to protect DNA. And so we haven't changed anything in the journey. The only, only thing we've done is clarified it. And through the years, that's what we've done. We've taken the basic framework of the journey, and the only thing we've done is basically made it more user-friendly. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've tried to take away the, the compulsion of certain leaders to teach it mm-hmm. uh, and try to replace it with facilitating it. Now, the reason why is DNA is to try to help someone become a self-feeder. And you can't be a self-feeder if you're being spoon-fed. And so the journey is about an interactive process of discovery. It's always been that way. And let me just stop real quick. So that's kind of speaks to the change we made a few years ago where we changed the manual where everybody has the same manual. Mm -hmm. So it's not like one leader with all the answers and the questions and uh, all that stuff. It's everybody on the journey together. Right, right. And and what we're doing is that we're trying to modify uh, the, uh, the layout of it and the user friendliness of it, so it complies with the DNA mm-hmm. that was inspired in 2001. And we've been protecting that the whole time, and we're protecting it now. So uh, this is to alleviate any kind of fears that anyone might have about, oh, they're changing the journey. Mm-hmm. They lose the DNA. No, we're not. We're protecting that fiercely, protecting mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. There are changes that we have had to uh, adopt into it because God is expanding the ministry internationally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have never really sought to go international. It's just we're invited there. And so you have to ha- understand the philosophy of ministry that we have at Influencers, and that is we go where we're invited. That's right. We never have set a, set a, you know, set a vision down or goals to let's go to a certain place, let's open up an office there, and let's do ministry there. We've never done that. We've always felt like we were in partnership with the Holy Spirit, and we're invited to those places. So we've been invited to several different languages, and uh, and we're we're providing discipleship material for missionaries in those languages, mm-hmm. uh, and it's part of our commitment to the body of Christ, to the Big C, the Church, uh, that's throughout the world. Um, and so, being a regional office, we've had to expand our thinking beyond being an Arkansas operation. We've had to look at it first as we're a national operation, now we're a global operation. And because we're invited to a global ministry, we've had to we've had to have our material that's copyrighted by influencers because if we're trying to translate other people's material, such as books that we had to replace, then it becomes impossible. Mm-hmm. And it becomes inconsistent, and then it becomes confusing, and then and that's counteractive to what we're trying to do. Yeah. So that's what necessitated the replacement of two books within there. And, and we're talking about the uh, Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23 and the Secrets of the Bible. Right. Good books. Uh, and, and I've always said this, that the books that go along with the journey are only enhancements from the standpoint of helping people understand a particular subject. Yeah. Such as God cares with the Psalms 23, and then the, the uh, abiding in Christ or uh, bearing fruit, which comes from the secret of the vine. Yeah, those were introduced back in 2001. 
Uh, and I bought the books and gave it to the guys and said, guys, we're on this subject, but read this. It might be an give you an idea how to, to uh, see it. And through the years, it became part of the curriculum. Uh, I knew early on when we went to Egypt that that was going to be a problem. Yeah. Because that was in 2007, I believe, and we had to translate the curriculum in 2006, and we had to purchase translation rights and and you know pay for them, and then then let them have them. And, you know, it just was never a real good deal for us. Yeah. And uh, but at the same time, I think some of those books might be getting out of print too. So, well, and just case in point, um, we've got journey groups going in Costa Rica right now as we speak, and. Uh, we couldn't find Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23 in Spanish. Yeah. So we were going to have to go contact, you know, Philip Keller's long past. So it's somewhere in his estate and somewhere with the publishers and go get permission to go translate into Spanish and have limited distribution rights and all yeah. that. So anyway. Just so, so it was enhanced. It was, it was a, able to be used when it was being used. But now uh, it gave uh, me the opportunity after 20 years of this to write some books that are more uh, – uh, they're broader in the the whole interpretation of the character of God, not just that God cares, but God knows God's willing, God is able as well. Mm-hmm. And so that that aspect, and then the foundation of, of grace, and then the orphan spirit, those are all unpacked now in this new book that replaces this 23rd Psalm. And Abide was uh, uh, implemented last year, and mm-hmm. it's and it's had a, a little bit of a broader point of view as well yeah and we had uh, we had some people who were had been with the journey for a long time and they were just uh, it was like blasphemy to take secrets <laughs> of the vine out of the out of the curriculum yeah. and uh, then they then they opened their minds and gave a bide a chance and it's it's had glowing you know reports people yeah. love it you know it's gabe gabe teaching about the vine and the branches and and so it and it also expanded like you said into into sifting and some other topics that aren't addressed yeah. in secrets of the vine so let's let's back up a minute though so uh the way we've kind of got it set up now is uh you take a group of people through an introduction of journey to the interchange like always, and then you you find out who's ready for the journey, whether you do it in two weeks or six weeks or four weeks or whatever whatever you want to do. Uh, we have still have the six-week discussion guide. And then when you get your participants together, they order the journey pack. And so now in the journey pack, they're going to get um, a journey manual, new a new revision of the manual. They will get a journal because obviously journaling is still very important. They will get an orphan no more. They will get the prayer cottage, which we, of course, still use for the first prayer retreat. They will get Abide, and then they'll get the new book, Beyond the Inner Chamber, which we'll talk about in a second. Right. Um, so, And that's $85 for the, the new pack. So um, so now, they instead of holding off and reading, uh, Shepherd looks at Psalm 23 a few sessions in, we're asking all the participants or the guides to tell their participants to read An Orphan No More right off the bat. Because right. it sets up the whole enlightened Right. series. Right. God knows, God's willing. Uh, uh, I mean, God knows, God cares, willing and able. And uh, Gabe is explaining all these things like the foundation of a house. Right. You know, there's a new there's a new graphic illustration in the manual, which you guys will enjoy. Um, and so uh, but then there was a, a, a last little piece there called the a little teaching on the orphan spirit. And so there's actually a new session in Enlightened on the orphan spirit. Mm-hmm. You want to unpack that for just real quick? Well, I believe we did on the last time talked about the orphan spirit. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the reason why that is necessary is because, as you know, 
in the enlightened, right before they have their extended time of prayer, we move into the core of the journey, which is John 15. Yeah, right. And that's that's the heart of it. The heart of it. You know? Sure. And <clears throat> so we've already begun to discuss about the characteristics of God. And that's what the orphan no more the book does is it opens their eyes to a broader understanding that built on a foundation of, of grace. But I have found in my life and other people's lives, and I think you've identified it as well, one of the things that has kept us uh, as individuals from taking that that necessary step to move from the outside to the inside of our relationship with Christ is to recognize that we are embraced as sons. We are given sonship. Mm-hmm. As a daughter, you're called a son too, So, but it's uh, sons and daughters of God members of the royal priesthood. But oftentimes, uh, most oftentimes, uh, we we have a tendency to stay outside of that relationship. We don't really move into the depth of it because we don't feel we're worthy to be loved. And so the whole concept of grace and and the gift of God of sonship is not based on our being worthy of it, but because he made us worthy of it. Mm -hmm. And so we have to accept it we have to release that old aspect of ourselves in order to be able to accept that new aspect of our relationship with Him. And God revealed that to me as I was writing the book. It was interesting the way that was unpacked to me. It was out of nowhere that I that I uh, just began seeing that and understanding and connecting the dots. And it goes along with what's happened the last 20 years, but also before that another 20 years, is that this whole journey that we read about is the journey I was on for years. Mm-hmm. And all of this is experiential. It's not just theory. It's it's just the gritting it out of trying to discover what it means to learn to abide, to self-feed, to not just be spoon-fed, to be able to to let the, the scriptures guide me, to, to understand the intimacy factor with Christ and that he is my best friend. And it's a, it's a delicate relationship that I need to protect and nurture, to recognize that, that, that hindrances get in the way. And, uh, and so through that, through that whole personal process, I began seeing those things, Brian. And then after I connected the dots, then the Lord said, okay, now, now go and help other people. And that's the whole premise of being a disciple, is being a disciple means that we reach back and we help other people become disciples. Mm-hmm. And if you don't do that, Ryan, you just you're, there's something missing there in your in your own walk with him. And and it and and this is probably one of the things that we're wanting to do uh, in this uh, new revision mm-hmm. is that we want to we want to hammer home not only the fact that it is being invested into you that which is being given to you. Is going to bless you and bless your life and bless all those around you, but it's essential for you now to look back and help others mm-hmm. uh, to find what you've discovered. And our messaging on that was probably my messaging on that was lacking. Mm-hmm. And through the years, I've, I've come to under a strong personal conviction that uh, a lot of what we were doing was going to a point in a person's life, but not taking them to the next point. And I think this is where we're going now with this in, in uh, the revision. Yeah, and, and there's there's been thousands of men and women who've gone through the journey, and but a, a small smaller percentage of those who've 
taking it forward the next year and, mm-hmm. and taking other people through it. And we're hoping maybe we'll reach some of you out there who who went through it once. And and if you thought it was a one and done deal, maybe challenge you to, to change your thinking on that and maybe consider coming back and either going through the journey again or, you know, consider grabbing some people and doing it. And we think it's more user friendly now than it was in the early days where you had a 300 page guide manual that seemed kind of intimidating. And, you know, the participants are going, man, I don't want to sign up for that. That looks too yeah. Too tough, you know. Yeah. So uh, hopefully, and we'll talk a little bit about the Beyond the Inner Chamber, which really hits that in, in mm-hmm. a little bit. But uh, let me let me go back um, to this new session that you wrote for the journey on the orphan spirit. So it's going to come right after God is able, but before the prayer retreat. Right. And so the participants are going to have a chance to really dive into some scriptures that talk about their adoption mm-hmm. and all the things that you talked about, sons and daughters of God. And then they're going to come and chew on that as a group during the group discussion. And then uh, you wrote in there where they're going to, they're going to get a chance to write a letter to themselves from Papa as you, as you wrote it into the manual and uh, give them a chance to do an honest assessment of what would God say to them based on everything they've just learned about God knows, cares, willing and able and, and their adoption. And, and you're going to have them write that during the session and tell them not to read them, but bring them to the prayer retreat, which they're going to go on on that following whenever they're right. the upcoming Saturday when they do their extended prayer session. And then they'll read their letters to each other, uh, which I think will really set up their get their hearts ready for the prayer retreat, but also help the other guys, men and women in the group, who, whatever kind of group it is, uh, see into their hearts and see what's going on. So when they're out there praying, there's part of the prayer time that you pray for others. They'll know how to pray for their other people in the group. So anything else you'd say about that session? Well, I would, yeah, I'd just say this. I would be very concerned about having God write me a letter if I hadn't uh, been well-established in the characteristics of God. Yeah, if you just cold wrote a letter. Yeah. So we had just spent several weeks talking about the God's characteristics, intimate characteristics about you as your good shepherd. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then his care of you, his love, his knowledge of you, his ability to do all these things. And so now the letter itself is actually a reflection of what the people have, the men and women have read the last and, and studied and self-fed on the last several weeks, but now they're personalizing it in such a way that God is writing them a letter based on the theology, yeah, not just based on a happy thought, but based on the theology of what He's really saying to you and personalizing. And this is this is what we're trying to do: is trying to personalize. The scripture. This is this is the whole concept of the journey. The journey is about getting someone into an intimate relationship with Christ. That's right. It's a process. It's if we if we fall short of that, then we have not done the journey. Mm-hmm. But there's a part two on that, and that is in proximity with Christ is transformation. Mm-hmm. So transformation is the next part, and that is where he talks about bearing fruit. Is that bearing fruit will come from abiding, and we honor God when we bear fruit. Mm-hmm. And then the and the last part of that is what He said to the disciples before He ascended to heaven. He says, "Now go make disciples and teach them all I've commanded you." Mm-hmm. So in essence, He's saying, "Now the things I've taught you, go teach other people." Mm-hmm. And so it's it's, the, it's what we're doing. We're helping a person learn to get into 
the close proximity of Christ to learn his voice through his scriptures, through the work of the Spirit in their life, to make a to have an emotional, intimate connection with him, but not to fall short there, not to just stop there, because that's that's where stagnancy it comes into our life. We become spiritually stagnant mm-hmm. when we just make it about ourselves. We have to be now allowing the living water to flow through us to other people. And that's what he said. Mm. He said, the living water will flow through you. And that's, that's uh, we can dam it up by disobedience or we can release it by the excitement of having an intimate relationship with him. I know in my own life, I could not hold it back. Mm-hmm. I could not. I had to. I had to take seven men and, and get them to see what I'm seeing. At that particular time, it was a little bit of an experiment because I hadn't, I hadn't had much other than my own private time with the Lord on these things. There were not a lot of people. There were not a lot of books. There were not, even, not much out there. There were some of the old classics that understood the deeper, deeper walk with Christ. I gathered some of my own spiritual um, enlightenment from Amy Carmichael and from Hannah Whithall Smith and C.S. Lewis and several of the other people that had a deeper walk with Christ. Mm-hmm. Some of the old masters had a deeper walk with Christ. I don't know why it was deeper then. It might be because we're so distracted now. Mm-hmm. And of course, what we do is we try to pull people out of distractions and to get into that place of intimacy with him. Well, and, and uh, I'm just thinking there's kind of a pace to the journey, you know, and, and, and uh, they have to embrace it. I guess is what I'm thinking. And, and kind of what you're saying is the most important curriculum, I would say, first of all, is God's Word. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's more beyond anything we could it's ever found. Right. It's it's getting people into His Word and pointing mm-hmm. them in there. And they've been wrestling with His Word and chewing on it, hopefully journaling and hearing truths about that He knows everything about Him. He cares about what He knows. He's willing to help them. He's able to help them. But then they have to embrace it. It, it, it can't just be head knowledge. It's got to be heart, get into their heart. And I think that's what the letter, you're trying to help them write those truths back to themselves so that they can start embracing them. Exactly. Well, there's an absorption too, Brian. You know, I think you've the one that said you feel like that the curriculum's not only anointed, but the process as well. That's right. And, uh, and that's interesting you say that because I have felt the process has a rhythm to it. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, now, that doesn't mean it has to be rigid because we have different people that use every two weeks and some meet weekly. and Some have super large groups, some have smaller groups. And I've quit trying to predict that. You know, if the Holy Spirit's in it, it's going to be wonderful. Mm-hmm. That's the only predictable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But and that's that, flexing the form that you were talking about, yeah, too. Yeah, form is, form is flexible, but process now, that's a different issue. Process mm-hmm. has to do with the delivery of a person into proximity. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the approach is very foundational. It's built on multi-layers of foundations of understanding about characteristics of God and then the invitation by Him to come into that relationship and then what it looks like. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's evidence of it. And this is one of the reasons why we've seen such an, an abundant explosion of, of people uh, with the journey throughout the country mm-hmm. is that we're seeing evidence of this simple message that he's given us about come to this process of coming in close proximity with him and we're seeing the same life change occur all over. Mm-hmm. We're seeing the same results. You know, marriages are being healed, reconciliations, uh, 
happening all over the place. Yes, we'd love to see more people that are taking the journey and then uh, building groups around them because mm -hmm. they're missing out on something very, very special and not being able to see God work through their lives to be able to help other people. And the other thing is that if there's a burden I have, Brian, the burden I have, that every time I hear about somebody saying how their lives have been so changed and, and blessed through the journey, is the burden I feel is that there's so many more people out there that's not getting it. Yeah, that's right. In churches, in this American culture, uh, internationally, mm -hmm. the number of people, and we're talking about God's family now. We're not just talking about splinter groups. We're talking about the C, big C, mm -hmm. the church, the body of Christ throughout this world is basically spiritually anemic, and they really don't know Jesus. Mm -hmm. They know about him. They know of him. They know enough about him to worship him. But they really don't know the intimate Jesus that that wants to be known. Mm -hmm. And when, when you come into that, it's, it's life-changing. Mm. It changes your world around you. That's right. And what keeps, well, you know, we've talked about this before, I know, but, but it's always worthy re-mentioning. What, what keeps men and women from, from taking it to other people? Well, I could take a guess on several things. One is that from their standpoint, they say they don't have time. But we all have the same amount of time during the day. Mm -hmm. And we only have the same amount of minutes in life. And mm -hmm. we're going to uh, spend those minutes every day and we'll never recover them. Mm -hmm. 24 hours last, last yesterday is gone and I can't recover that. Right. So what I did in that 24 hours is either going to be of great value are, are lost. Mm -hmm. you know? But we all have the same time. Now, some people say, well, I don't have time to do it. But the truth is, they probably don't have the priority to do it. Right. Uh, I think a lot of people, it could be that orphan spirit. You know, they feel like, well, I just don't have anything to offer yet. Mm -hmm. But I found that one of the greatest things we offer is our brokenness. Mm -hmm. You know, when somebody sees us, you know, seriously wanting to help them learn to walk with Jesus because we're discovering him in a fresher way, even though we are not schooled, we're just basically serious about him and about trying to do our best to serve somebody. But it's those bumbling efforts that we make that are oftentimes the most loved and cherished by people because mm -hmm. they see in that person who is truly honest yeah. about wanting to help somebody find what they're seeing themselves. Yeah. Why, they, why they don't do it, I, you know, again, I think that that could be it, lazy. I think that, I think there's, I've seen several people my age, honestly, I, it depresses me that why at, at this age, why they feel like that their, their only concern is to be comfortable and, you know, finish their life in leisure. Whereas, you know, we're on the downside of the mountain we only have a little bit of time left we only have a few steps left and why not make our best steps in these last few years of our life for Christ hmm. you know this is the time that we probably have less energy and we might be a little slow foot everything in our thinking to our our words but there's something incredible about a person who has, has experience with Jesus hmm. Last week, I spoke to 16, 17-year-old kids, several hundred of them. And I was outside my helmet, by the way. 
been a long time since I've spoken to teenagers, and these were all athletes. And, and, uh, and you know, I've for a long time I've felt like that the best thing I can do is just simply give a credible testimony to my experience with them. And that's all I could tell them, say, look, you know, I'm 74 years old, and I'm old, I'm old enough to be your grandfather, but the fact is I've got about 50 years of knowing Jesus. And, uh, and I can tell you the best thing ever happened to me was getting to know Jesus mm-hmm. and getting to know him better every day. And, you know, there were, there were five guys, that, young men, that came to know Christ uh, last week. And it mm-hmm. was beautiful watching them respond. And I told them, I said, you know, it's going to be the work of the Spirit in your life, not me. It's not, not, not my persuasiveness. And I wasn't very persuasive. You know, those kids probably wanted more, a little bit more entertainment, but they didn't get that. They just got credibility, experience and credibility. They was willing to sit down and talk with them and not waste my life mm. and seize the opportunity. And so I think that, I don't know, there's a, there's a tension that I think people like yourself and my have, I have to, and we see that with a lot of our brothers who serve. There's a tension within us that there's it's a stewardship mm-hmm. of our life. And we ask the question, do we want to waste our life? What is the best way to reinvest our life? And it's to help people know Jesus mm-hmm. and to help make a disciple who is able to make disciples. So why they don't do it, I don't know. They're missing something. Yeah, yeah. Well, and we've talked through the years about that, and I, I, I kind of feel like it's it's not much different than the early disciples and how it was, he was preaching, and a lot of lot, thousands were following him around, but that it was only a small percentage who really yeah. were like the the Navy SEALs, the special forces that went out and, and did the hard work, you know. So uh, God's got to put it on their heart and call them into it, you know. But uh, I think there's more that he's trying to call, you know. I've had I had an interesting conversation with Les Piercy today from Baker Seals, our regional director out there, just doing a fantastic job. And he has 80 men that are getting ready to start uh, uh, journey groups. Mm-hmm. We met with them this past week, and they're going to be the co-guides. And uh, and they'll have several hundred people that will go through the journey and, and basically just said, you know, my secret my success, I just ask them, would they be willing to serve? Yeah. He said it's interesting because he says, you know, he said he's found uh, most men want to do something. They're just not good. They're not catalysts. They're not self-starters. If somebody needs to come along and ask them. Yeah. And I think that that's now it's kind of fallen on me. That's where I feel like I need to be a little, do a little bit better job of messaging. Mm-hmm. And this is why the, you know, the beyond the inner chamber was written. Yeah, I'm messaging that. When I led the first group in Tulsa, you know, thirteen guys. Uh, I, you know, I, it was the first pioneer group in Tulsa, and I said, after at the end, I said, guys, you have to. You have to lead because yeah. you have to help us give this to other other men and 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 you know because they were this they were all leaders but they were still hesitant to mm-hmm. they're busy and all that and but we got six groups out of that first group yeah. because they you know I told them that we got to do this and but they got you know they answered the call fifteen so. became seventy and seventy became thousands yeah yeah because of that DNA of you know of transferring the message that's been given to you but you know i like the word entrust you know the uh, the the parables of the steward is that jesus was always talking about that the master entrusted yeah 
talents or entrusted property or whatever to the stewards. Mm-hmm. The steward are the ones that are caretakers, overseers. They reinvest. And, and I think that God has entrusted to us spiritual gifts. Uh, I think he's entrusted us time of life. I think he's entrusted us uh, sometimes financial ability to be able to have a little extra time to be able to spend and reinvest in other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's entrusted to us life. From the time we draw breath, then the question is, will my breath from that point on to the day I die be to honor Christ? Mm-hmm. And if, it, if, if our commitment is to be a, a trust, a, a faithful steward of that which God has entrusted to us, then we will find ourselves making disciples mm-hmm. because that's what Jesus said to go make disciples, teach them the things I've taught you. Mm-hmm. And I'm with you wherever you go. That's right. Well, I'm going to stop you right there, Rocky. We'll, uh, we're going to continue this conversation next week on next week's podcast because uh, there's still more to, to talk about in the changes. So uh, this will end up being a two-part two-part podcast, but uh, thank you for your time today. Um, All of you out there, I I just would encourage you to get on our website because we we post most of the stuff on our website, and also uh, be sure you're on our email list because that's where we announce, you know, things that you're going to need to know about as far as the new curriculum and all that. So uh, we want to keep you up to date on everything. But uh, anyway, join us next week for part two of uh, the Journey uh, 2019 Revision podcast. I'm Brian Craig, Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries, and I'm signing off, encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you.